Let me say again. Welcome <laughs> to the twenty-first episode of Born in Trouble. Morning, I'm your Mr. host, John X. Good afternoon, Mr. Brooks. And of course, since he's going to start first, I might as well introduce him first from New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Mr. Brooks with the good looks, Mr. Robert Brooks. What it is, what it is. Take a round of applause. The city winning Kang from Detroit, Michigan. Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, though? What up, though, it is. What up, though, it is. And welcome back to the one, the only, the man, members only. It's an exclusive club. Mr. Gene Hopkins. With bad jackets. It's bud members only, but the bud doesn't show. (laughs) But they'll keep you warm. Either way, jackets or bud, keeping your insides warm for generations. Mr. Mr. Gene I'm about, I'm about 27 pound lighter now. So fellas. Pi- that's how they talk. Yeah, we missed you, Gene. We missed you, Gene. Go ahead and sing. Sing. Lift every voice there and sing, please. Like a rock, like a rock in my shoe. Like like a baby missed his, his mammy titty. <laughs> Mammy titty. <laughs> Missing the mammy titties. Mr. Gene Hopkins. That's so, that nigga on that nag. That nigga on that nag. So, fellas, 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 let's get it popping right away. Um, white America is really happy this week. Not because Donald Trump is president, but because Dion lost the game. That's right. <laughs> Deion Sanders finally finally gave them an opportunity to come out and throw their zingers that they've been holding up. So what we're going to start this show up with, what is the worst thing you heard said about Deion Sanders the day after the game? Who wants to start? Who wants to go first? I I didn't even listen. Me either. The worst thing that was said about him? I mean, they, you know, it was all, it was all light shade. It was all light. None of it was, none of it was too heavy. They're, they're, they're quietly, you know, they're going to, they're not going to celebrate this one too openly. You know, they've said all kinds of the, the reporting on it has been bad from the start. Mm-hmm. Like we know this is a rebuilding team and it, nobody thought they were going to go 12 and 0. Mm-hmm. So that they finally lost the game and all that. Like, what do you mean? Like, come on, it's a rebuilding team. It's a first year coach. He's got them playing better than you thought they would, but relax, breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dion went smart with it though. He, he I, I like what he said. He said, "Yeah, y'all, y'all better give me now." <laughs> so he went on yeah, we got some vulnerabilities. Go ahead, and get they play, it now. They play USC. They play USC on Saturday, right? Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a bloodbath too. That's gonna Thank be God. well, but that's yeah, it's right. gonna get ugly. I mean, it's tough, especially it's the, playing without the uh, their star guy. Without Travis Hunter, yeah. yeah. You know, it's that like D-line, tough. That D line is just getting mowed over, man. Yeah, they're too small. But you know what, yeah, though? D- defense is they is they issue. You know what, though? I was thinking about like you know something that Rob said last week about their recruiting, and honestly, um, I, I see I saw like a lot that people were trying to really whip up black people against Dion because he sold us out because he left the HBCU circuit. For Colorado, so we're supposed to hate him now, and it was kind of heartening to me to see a lot of people saying like, "Nah, I ain't hating Dion. I got love for that brother. He's just doing the best that he possibly can." And I think that everybody should. I think that next year you're going to see a lot of moms sending their young men to Dion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. What do you think, Rob? Well, I tell you. I think the way that he coaches, I would send my I would send my kid to play for him. The way he coaches, I'd send my kid. He go, he go make men of him. He go make him accountable. He go make him stand up. He's going he's gonna give him purpose. I mean, I, I would you know every once in a while when I when I go down the rabbit hole, I'll watch some of his some of his coach prime stuff. And right. Do it is do it is on point more than he's off it. Yes, sir. And and yes, especially with his conversations about you know getting these guys to, to the reason that you're supposed to go to practice, practicing with a purpose. Like, 
Man, I wish I had heard that stuff when I was 17, 16. Because there are lots of days when I was at practice because I had to be at practice. I was not there to get better. I was just there because I had to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's like, fuck, if that's going to be your attitude, get out of here. Gene, what do you think about Dion? Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, I I didn't see, I mean, you know, because I, I guess I was a bit short-sighted. And, you know, I felt like he should have went on ahead and made diamonds where he was at. At Jackson State, uh, yeah, at Jackson State, right? And I still, I still feel like that. You know, it would have been a different kind of sacrifice than the one that he's making now, in whatever way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, now that he is at a a PWI and making all that noise, I don't care about before shit. I'm on. I'm on. Uh, you know, I want to see. I want to see him give it to him right now. You know, uh, I don't. You know, he made the decision he made, and I also said back then. You know, back then too. Even though I would wanted to see him stay and everything else, is that you know shit. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all the money game anyway, and and I can't fault him for you know for playing for going to get that money. I can't fault him for that. You're right. You're right. No, you're definitely right. Um, Grant, do you think he stays at Colorado? Yeah, he'll probably stay there. He'll stay there for a few years um, until he can build a program up to the way he he wants it to be a winner. And I have no doubt in my mind that he'll that he'll do that. Um, Prime is a Prime is a unique individual in that he's won at every level uh-huh. and now he's coached and won at every level thus far. So I have no doubt that in, in two or three years with a couple of good recruiting classes, I have no doubt that Deion Sanders will take Colorado to the promised land and keep him there for, for a couple seasons. Uh, Gene, Gene, you think five years at Colorado? You think he does five years at Colorado? One condition. Okay. They are going to have to make him the highest paid uh, coach in the history of the NCAA. Uh, And he will have, and he, they will be justified in doing it. And it will be appropriate because of the money. That, that he is bringing them has brought them thus far and will continue to bring them. Absolutely. And so if they meet that condition, then yeah, but if they don't, then shit, I don't know. You know what I could, I, it may be that Dion already has uh, another move on the board and it's going to be executed in his time or whatever. I don't know, but I don't know if I said this on here, but I said it to somebody. All I know is, is when that Netflix special comes out, it's going to be about the greatness of a white mind that talked Dion to Colorado. (laughs) 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 They're going to make a Netflix special (laughs) on the guy who turned the Colorado program around. (laughs) And and Dion's going to be a side note in it. Yeah. That's how they're going to do that. What? Well, they are good at erasing things and taking credit for stuff. So, and that is the American way. We were kind of talking about that today, how um, R&B music is now, is going to be, Justin Timberlake is going to be the original R&B song guy. Um, you know, maybe no, Puff I mean, will figure I, out a way I, to stay relevant at 105. You never know. He's kind of he's kind of dope, dope albums. I just driving home. I don't know whose plan it was. I don't know if this is uh, business and co- and football wise the brilliance of uh, only Dion, or if it's you know like I just made a joke about if the business side was someone saying so, so. I'm wondering if someone really thought about all this revenue and these possibilities when they pitched the idea to somebody else or whatever, you know, uh, if that was all part of the conversation at the beginning, uh, it had to be. yeah. You, and had, I, you had to see yeah. it coming or was this, 
or was this Dion's brilliance saying, this is what I'm bringing to the table. Can you, you know, revenue this, 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 and this, and then them going, and then the light bulb going off in their heads to saying, uh, uh, oh, but my money is on a Netflix special. What <laughs> 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 do Colorado dudes? Right. the genius behind all this, but you know? At, at, at some point, at some point, got, somebody got to be the Branch Ricky. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody gotta see the see the brilliance, and bring them up to the next level. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so there's always in this in this country, there's always gonna be a branch, Ricky. So you're saying yeah. that, and Rob, would you agree that um, Deion Sanders is essentially the uh, football black football coach, pirate king? And maybe pirate king. <laughs> I don't know if we, we need to call him a pirate king. Well, I mean, let's do it. He's doing what they, he's he's doing what they all do. Listen, there's he's, nothing he's wrong with being a pirate. Do, yeah. A pirate, a pirate is like working outside of the system. Many of them swashbuckle, swashbuckle their ways to fortune. You know, swimming against the tide and like you know, he ain't swashbuckling nothing. Like we keep acting like this dude came from the outside. Like this dude ain't a Hall of Fame football player. Right. Like he went and coached high school first. Like he ain't just walk up to Colorado one day and say, Hey, y'all should give me a job coaching. No, I don't have right. any experience, but like he's done and he's won at every level. Right. Like, he has proven himself everywhere he has gone. So, and he had also done that on the marketing and merchandising side when he was a player. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he walked up to Colorado and said, look, this is all that I can bring you. Like you want to bring this thing back. We can make this happen here. Mm-hmm. And now, Mm. And this is what I'm going to bring to you, but this is what you got to give to me. Mm. And I'm sure he asked for the world, and he's worth every dime of it so far. Every they goddamn dime. Every they goddamn dime. Six million dollars, they got him at a discount. Consider- they didn't imagine this kind of revenue, I'm sure of it. Mm. Deion sets it off. A, a- it, it would not surprise me if he's getting a portion of some of that. Yeah, set Already? it off. Uh, the, like the like ticket sales stuff like that. Like I'm sure that there were markers for ticket sales. If he got ticket sales up above a certain amount, you know, they get their per caps up. I'm sure he is. You know, he is not. He is. I can see him sitting in the room going, "Yo, I'm not that nigga. Y'all ain't gonna sit here and make a, a couple million dollars off of me and just hand me some change off the end of the table. Like slide some shit off. No, 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 no. Mm. If I'm creating wealth for you, you gonna help. You gonna break some of it off of me." He bought his boy, and he bought a marquee player with him, and he's created magic. Deion Sanders, for even keeping the public imagination this long, it shows that it just proves his mettle because Deion Sanders is a guy that was a two-sport athlete. People forget about the fact that he played baseball at the same time he was playing quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. At one point, he was doing both, just like Bo Jackson, and... He did it with more talent and more flash than anybody else. Now he goes and he coaches down at Jackson State. Not the quality of athlete that he played with in college that he was used to. He turns them into winners, goes to Colorado, takes less, and turns it into more, and starts up the season with three wins against teams that he could have easily started 0-3 against. You know, so he's just proving to you that it's not just the raw talent. It's the man himself. So, flowers to Dion, and thank you for setting off the hour for Born in Trouble today. By the way, fellas, uh, this is going to be our last episode this week. We're going to take a hiatus next week and everything while um, Dan and Atlanta or I should be traveling back at that time. So, tonight, we're going to talk about some other things. And since we're going to keep it on the hate train, Rob, you have something to say? Yeah, something you want to get out? No, the hate train. I'm I'm interested to see where the hate train is going. Well, the hate train, it's not very difficult for you to see. We all see it every day. And the hate train, it starts off with Dion in Colorado, and we all knew that he was going to lose this week. Actually, um, actually, um, like you guys said. I was a sucker. I betted on it. I took the 21 and betted on it and lost that yard. Yeah, that's what I did. Goddamn it! You just brought you just you didn't talk to PTSD. Obviously, you, obviously you didn't talk to anybody <laughs> on this board before you placed that bet. Because I believe yeah, that I, I believe that everybody would have told you don't do it. Right? Well, is is it safe to say that I mean, y'all would have said I, I, don't you, do if it? If you bet that with a gun, if you bet that with a gun in your head, you die. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I thought the 21 was a lot. Yeah. But oh well. Well, it wasn't, it, it wasn't meant to be. TCU is that bad, like uh, because I was thinking, shit, man, they beat last year's runner-up. How, how, how can they be dogs? I mean, you know, yeah, how, how can they be dogs by twenty-one? And then I was like, then they gonna look? They put twenty-one prime's number on it. Come on, Colorado, man. Colorado State gave more than a handful the week before. Like you could see their weaknesses in the Colorado yeah. State game. Like they were, they were gaping holes That's there. They it played them tough. Gold. It was fool's gold, and I took it. I was the fool that took the gold. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you know what? They got that number out there far enough. You know, you go, there's no way. You know what you're supposed to see when you see Colorado play Colorado State? A significant size, size difference between the players. Colorado's players are supposed to be bigger than Colorado State's players. And you didn't see that. When you saw the game this week with Colorado playing against who they played, you saw the size difference between Colorado and the other team. The other team was like, they were bigger. They were stronger. They were Division One, high Division One, And that's what Dion has to recruit in the next couple of years. And I'm sure that's what he's going after. And I think a lot of mothers are going to be sending their sons to Deion Sanders in Colorado. Because, like, you know, a lot of people are watching what they say about it. They better watch what they say about Deion. They need to just, all all these people, all the other coaches, they need to just, like, pipe down because they're actually, like, they're making his case for him. They're doing his recruiting for him by hating on him. So now everybody want to hate on Deion. Now everybody want to hate on Oprah. Why everybody mad at Oprah right now? Rob? Who's mad at Oprah? Why are you mad at Oprah? I'm mad at Oprah. What Oprah do? <sighs> Apparently, Oprah oh, exploits Oprah supermodels. Oprah in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, no, we're not talking She's about her property model. theft yeah. right yeah. now. We're not talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, Monopoly champion. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. No, we're not talking about that, Oprah. We're talking about the Oprah that exploits supermodels. How? So, if you're a supermodel, isn't your life exploitation? Right. Great, great. That's a great insight there. Like great. that is that's right. sort of that's kind of what you're signing up for, right? Yeah. Right. Like I saw I saw an interview with uh, Giselle Bunchen yesterday, and you know, basically, she said like, all these people, none of them hired me. They hired my look. They like the way they white. They like the way clothes hang off me. They like the way my hair right. looked. They like they like the image that I projected. None of them asked a thing about me. None of them cared about me. That's right. Like, That's right. the job. I was just I was just the thing that was being used. That's the job. So I mean, how, how how can That's Oprah exploit something that basically is? Well, you know, you know if anybody yeah. if anybody's not up on it, Cindy Crawford came oh, out man. and she said that she was um, when she was on the show. Um, one of the first times she was on the Oprah Winfrey show, I think maybe the first time she was with her, um, manager slash pimp, some guy, John Casa, I think it's John Casanova, Blanca Nova, which, um, child rapist model guy who ended up doing, um, years in prison because he like, uh, raped women. He raped like, uh, models and everything, but he's not the problem. That she's sitting there with Oprah for asking her to stand up and show off her look. A model made her feel objectified. So much so that every time she went on Oprah's show, the 10 other times after that, she never forgot it. Why? Why did she even bring it up? What was the context? 10. She went on a show ten. Look, look how many fingers I have. If I listen, if she had been on the show one more time, I couldn't show people at home how many fingers I have up. It would be too many times. But the one yeah, time she was objectified, yeah. and ten more times. Isn't that what models do? Yeah. Like get attention. It's, and, it's like, kind of the job. Like yo, you're you're hired because of like. 
Once again, like she didn't understand the assignment at that point. Like you were high. That body is what's making you eat right now. Nobody, you don't have that body. Nobody's calling you. You're not going on Oprah Oprah Winfrey show. Like there's no reason for you to be there otherwise. Well, I saw some. forgot the assignment. I saw somebody else who um, had an interesting point of view. He said, what this shows you is that no matter how close you feel like you are to these, to these other people and everything at the end, they'll exactly show you who they are and how they feel about you. Because Oprah had basically been an essential part of pushing every project that Cindy Crawford did throughout her career. And at that point in time, in the 80s, in the 90s, even in the early 2000s, when did she stop doing a show? Like, it was like early yeah, you, 2000s. You, you, you needed Oprah's stamp of yeah. approval. Like, an appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show changed your, your balance sheet overnight. And that's what she did. She took advantage of all of the access to Oprah. Now... Oprah is no longer Oprah, and they're going after her like full throttle. It's like, even with the Hawaii thing, I don't know whether or not Oprah's actually um, stealing people's land and making like a land baron because she's going to build coconut groves and have papaya farms where she uses slave labor from Japanese camps. I haven't read those plans, and nobody's asked me to invest in that. Are you disappointed by the fact that nobody's asked you about that? What I'm I'm saying is I don't know anything about that, if that were actually a true thing that was actually going on. Uh I disavow any knowledge of it right now. I learned this from watching Donald Trump. That's where you do it. That's how you do it. Call me Oprah. But I don't know anything about that. But everybody seems to be like, it seems like they're going after Oprah's money. It's like whenever well, of course. poor white people are broke, they always use a the closest poor person that they can find. And in a billionaire's neighborhood, it's Oprah, because she's only worth about two or three billion. She's a dispensable billionaire. Right? And most of her power is in public opinion. So better to get her out of there. I mean, I've never been in love with well. Oprah per se. You know, but it just seems to me like you see a lot of hit jobs on this woman. Is all this stuff by design? So I got And that wait, but after, but before you start, open? before you start, we can discuss Clarence Thomas also possibly being a hit job too. But go ahead. No, I just is she suing Oprah? Is that yeah. real? Okay, because I was gonna say I was gonna ask if she's suing Sports Illustrated too. She's suing. She's well, suing well, her in the court of public opinion. She's basically saying she basically went out there and said she made me feel uncomfortable, but she wasn't uncomfortable yeah, getting she, that money. She needed to go. She needed to just go sit the fuck down somewhere. Shit. I mean, she had a good run. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? Shit. Are, I would but be that's interested what I'm to know where she is now. And what? And what's the context? Well, she's doing well. She's doing well. She's her life is good. I wonder what the context yeah. is. You know, like, the, this is just what she just walked up to a reporter and started spitting this shit out. I think not. You know, what was it? What, well, that you know, it's like a question. It's kind of like what we talk about with victimization, and one way that you can actually identify with this generation is by becoming a victim. Um. It's not in all cases, and I hate to even say that because then it sounds like, ugh, you know, but there's a victimization culture that we live with here in the United States, and she just made herself a victim, and she made someone who's very believable, who nobody is like, who a lot of people on a certain side with a certain bent are angry at, she made her the aggressor, and... Now she's got attention, and Oprah's well, not so going to. They, 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 there's a, there's a, a mini a documentary a little mini documentary series about the supermodels, about Cindy, Linda oh. Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, and um, the one who's married to Ed Burns, Christy Turlington, mm-hmm. uh, Christy Turlington Burns. So it, the context is it came out within the body of that program. Yeah, that's another thing. Reminiscing a lot about their their upbringing, what have you 
how they got into the business, how they were, how they, you know, kept their friendship together through it, which wasn't always, you know, they weren't always all warm and fuzzy together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not really Linda's style or Naomi's. <laughs> yeah. Well, Naomi, I'll mm-hmm. never forget when she was on the cannabis record. L Cool J, you're a punk. Oh yeah, that was horrible. Definitely the mm-hmm. low light of her low light of her career. I used to love Naomi Campbell until that moment. Not so much that I was on one of the one of the two rappers side more than the other. Cannabis definitely won that one, but it's not like I have any animus towards either one of them. It was just that once Naomi came out like that, it was like, "What are you doing? What what is she doing? You know what did that mean? Did like LL did LL Cool J slap her once and everything, or like you know mush her when she was trying to kick it? Was there some type of love thing involved there? What what was that all about? Did we really need that in that hip hop record? Huh? Did cannabis win? Oh, well, cannabis definitely lost everything, but he lost everything. Lyrically, I mean, he proved the point that he was a dope lyricist. You know, business-wise, he proved that he could actually make decisions that would take him out of the game immediately. So, I guess win is a subjective term, but... That's a lot of people that were involved in the hip-hop business, right? That's what it is. True. You know, it's Puff giving up, like Rob said, seeing Three Ghosts and giving back uh, all publishing to his artists. Handing back publishing. All while coming out with his own yeah, I did re- new I read record. That. Uh, you read that? Yeah, that he gave back publishing. Is that pretty... Uh, did he do that? Uh, you know, yes. shit. Yes, he did. Like the ghost of Christmas past. He did that. Well, I mean, you know. It's a gesture. I mean, you could parlay it into something. Yeah, you know, he may be able to bundle it up and sell it to somebody right now. Get a couple yeah. get a couple dollars for it. Rescue something. Hey. But I mean who who he he gave he gave uh who did he give Black Rob Shine I guess I don't know Mace Mace I mean but other than I mean Big and Craig is dead total yeah I guess so what about Faith one twelve I think he gave back Faith yeah one twelve Faith so I mean you know there's there's some there's some significance to it I'm you know. He didn't have to do it. Right. It's a, so it, there is that. Um, you know, but it, it, I mean, if you, if you black Rob, I mean. Black Rob is in jail, isn't he? He's in jail for murder. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I he, um, yeah, he had killed somebody and he like uh, said he couldn't live with the guilt and he turned himself in at a certain point. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yeah, I can you can wow. Yeah. Crime and punishment. One of those one of those bad boy rappers that had uh that had yo, they they had some they had a lo- a rough run over at that label. You know, those guys. That's why a lot of people are like, you know did, did they have a rough run or did they position themselves poorly and then had to deal with the consequences or the, the spinning wheel of karma? Well, when look, you decide to to post yourself, when you decide to no. post yourself erroneously in public, Black Rob had cardiac arrest and died. Oh, he died. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's another one. There's another one that um. Did a, go back edit that shit out. Did another song? No, I'm not going to edit it because it's another bad boy artist that I'm talking about that actually went to jail for murder. He like gave himself up for murder. Shine, right? No, it wasn't Was Shine. No, it wasn't trying. How many? Oh, no. about, uh, was that, that that dude Chopper from Louisiana? No, no. We're going to change the subject and, like, you know, talk about something else. I'll look it up while I'm here. Because if I'm wrong, then I do have to do a big edit. 
CG G Depp. Yeah, I think G Depp. Yeah, is that him? G Depp. Yeah. G yep. Depp confessed to a forgotten murder after 17 years. Yep. Yeah. Went wow. to jail. I went to jail. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. Oh damn. Yes. I bet you. I I bet you he regretting that. That was got, a special delivery for your ass. I can almost guarantee it. I know a guy who uh, who said that uh, Jesus told him to tell the truth, and uh, you know, and everything would be all right. And he he went to prison for two years. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. You know. That's the path that he had to take. But you know what the Lord, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. The I mean, Lord does a, work in material. It's a real thing, too. I'm laughing because it's a real thing in, in the thing, man. But what's he doing but now, he though? Found, what's he doing now? He, found, he ain't taking my calls because he done found Jesus again. And I'm, I'm, I'm Satan, so, you know, he ain't taking my calls. Shit. Well, you know what, though? He found, <laughs> he found Jesus. Maybe those two years in jail are what allowed him to still be here today. You never know. The Lord works in mysterious know. ways. That's the way. I just on the street that was, you know. I just yeah. think it's mind blowing that he still has the capacity to judge somebody. <laughs> it's just mind blowing, man. <laughs> you wrong. You wrong, bro. Oh man. So, is he married? Is he married? Uh, maybe you know, like I. I've seen it. Last time I saw him was probably six months ago, and you know, and I I reached out a couple of times because I really do like the dude, uh, and uh, and you know, I just he hasn't. I, I guess he just hasn't re- either returned or answered or whatever, or, or just kept it short by text. So I don't know, man. But I know that he was involved with somebody and whatever, you know. So did, know, was he man. like one of these extreme Christians that he was like, I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to have sex. Before marriage, uh, he's a cool. He, he's he was still been a cool brother, but he's an educated dude. And we had a conversation one time, and you know, because he was talking about Jesus a little bit, you know, very frequently. And so I think in context, I had to tell him that, yeah, that's cool for you and everything else. But I came to a point where I set everything down for questioning and examination, and when I set it down. <laughs> I said it over there, like I'm not. I don't subscribe to that shit until I get done with the questioning <laughs> and examination. And he finished my sentence by saying, "Yeah, and that meant Christianity too," because he knew where I was going with it. Uh, and uh, I said, "Yeah, that meant that too." And, well, and I think after that conversation, that was ever the same. But that's because I'm telling you, man, that religion is a zero sum game. At the end of the day, or not zero sum, but it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's completely focused and narrow. And there's not a lot of room for uh, going outside the path of, uh, for most people, traditional teaching. Would you consider... Most people don't go in depth beyond traditional. Would you consider acceptable behavior in a Christian church being um, sexual behavior amongst parishioners? Yeah, like laying out, laying the hands on titties. I'm for all that, man. You know, uh, you know that makes some good content. You know, <laughs> the reason why I'm, the reason why I'm bringing it up, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that church people do tend to be happy people, and they do tend to intermingle with each other in very interesting ways that they don't teach in. The, well, they do talk about in the Bible, but they don't teach the actual workings of like what they're doing and generally like you know we we have a country right now where a lot of men in particular are not getting laid we've got the incel movement we've got all these man movements um you know with all these crazy ideologies about what women should be and how they should behave truly like the dangerous patriarchy that people talk about when they describe the quote-unquote patriarchy. That's that extreme. That's that, that 5%. You know, that's, an, that's that crazy extreme. But it seems as if like that, it's not just a small group anymore. It's actually growing. 
and a lot of people aren't getting lead. And I just started thinking about it the other day. I was watching something about the economics that have changed over the course of the year, over the course of uh, years in this country. And I thought about you, Grant, because you grew up in, you know, for a large part of time in Detroit. And what that's what and that's what actually hit it. I was watching the Detroit auto workers strike and the mm. brothers that were out there striking. They didn't look like they were like rich. They didn't look like they had money, money. Not like they used to back in the days in the 80s when I used to watch those things and, you know, the union was strong and there'd be 40,000 people like packed into a room and everything like screaming Mm -hmm. and those guys were driving Cadillacs and, you know, they had families and they had second families. That's not what they're striking about now, is it? Now it's just basically. It's it's all about money. It's all about just barely getting enough money. For right. those workers. So, so after 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 the, the big three got bailed out and all that, those positions changed. So whereas you where you used to be able to, you know, buy a house, buy a car, support a family, send your kids to college, all that kind of thing off of just working at a plant. So you were making, you know, forty dollars an hour, fifty dollars an hour. But now those jobs are seventeen dollars an hour at entry level, you know what I mean? 17, 25, you know what I mean? They, they, they're much lower on the scale. And I think that the, the slap in the face is that one of the CEOs just took a 40%, just got a 40% raise on his millions of dollars that he was making. Mm. So he gets a 40% raise. While they're the talking about, we don't have money. Right. We got to hold, we gotta hold your wages steady. Now, so that's why they're striking. Mm-hmm. Now, I was looking at that, and I was thinking about it. I was like, man, those guys back there, they're not striking to get money for vacations to go get laid. Those guys are just like, they're striking to just basically have the right to survive. And I thought about it in terms of, like, what's going on in this country. And, you know, a lot of people can't survive a $500 um a $500, like, emergency. The percentage right. of families that can't survive that $500 emergency, it's incredibly high. And... Uh, isn't it most? Yes. Wouldn't the word be most? Over 50%? Well over 50%. I forget what the exact number is, but it's, like, well over 50%. It's, like, 60... It's at, like, 60% right now. So the majority of people in this country are fucking wound tight, bro. We're all wound up really, really tight, except for those of those people who have solid employment. People who work for municipalities are usually good, like yourself, Grant. You have that municipal job that's good. Long-term organizations like yourself, Robert. Um, Gene, you're always good. And everything. And also, I was thinking about someone else <laughs> who's on the show. Like, sometimes it's like the other side of that equation is like guys like the other people I see they're doing well are guys like Orlando. And he's out there mm-hmm. wheeling and dealing right now. Big shout out to Mr. Walters right now. But it's generally, but the majority of people, they can't afford to. What is it that women are learning right now? You don't give your pussy to no, like, broke man, right? You don't have sex with broke men. It's no longer the days where you could be. It's like, I I was thinking about how it all links into terraforming our society. Because you go from the guy who used to work in a factory in a plant, who could take his time off and go out and have a good time with Susie on Friday and afford to go out and have a good time with Jan on Saturday. And also, that also gave Jan and Susie more options, too, because it was more people who had money. So now you're making decisions about who you mate with based upon more parameters than just who can afford to take care of you. Now, no one can really afford to take care of you. So... that's the thing. So, so all of these, all of these women are fighting for the same 
Oh, one per- but it's like right. they said like twenty percent of guys is knocking down eighty percent of the women. Right. So so if you're talking about <laughs> so you hear what you what you what I hear all the time, at least on on social media when I dive into it, what I hear is six a six figure man, a high high dollar, high value dollar man or whatever the term is. Right? Yeah. yeah. But but that's a rare man. That's not that's not most people. You know that's what, I mean? what that's, Kevin was trying to tell him the whole yeah. time. That's what he was trying to tell him. Look, ain't that wrong with you wanting it, but you, you you might as well want some uh rainbows and unicorns too. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, if, you, if you if you if you looking for if you're looking for a hundred thousand dollar man, or you know, on the low end, you look for a hundred thousand dollar man, but you were you a thirty thousand dollar chick. Yeah. What what the fuck no, is he why no, why do you mean, think he that, would want you? That was part of the other problem. Like yeah. don't none of them think that they they all think that they, you know, they write up there, they all think that they gorgeous, whatever, you know. The women are hyped. Women and women hype each other up. And they be having some of these these munchkin looking trolls thinking that they should be dating, you know, a cat who got six figures and two cars right. and gonna, gonna fly her off. I'm gonna fly your troll ass anywhere. <laughs> Under the bridge, you better yeah, do a I magic love, spell. I love what they be, exactly. I love, I love so. what they be telling them when they when they be saying they left somebody because he wasn't ambitious enough and everything else. And then after after he peels the whole onion back, it shows all of the layers of what they're dealing with and, 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 and wanting that type of man. I love what Kevin hits him with the. You need to go back and get with him. Exactly. Right. He screwed up. He's all you. You need to hear with the. He's all you've got. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, Mister Samuels. He was a funny dude. But my, but my point is though, my point is though, as far as mating is concerned, um, there used to be plenty of opportunities for people to get together and intermingle, and have relations, and people were generally happy because they were fucking. Just, you know, call it what it was. And younger, the younger generations now, despite all the sexuality and all the different things that was out there, now it's been almost, it's been flipped. It's almost like puritanical in some regions. Puritanical in some regions, only fans in others. That's like the gamut that we actually run and everything. But this is what, the, this is what they're actually... Go ahead. There were, there were no... Dis- there were... There were v- the reason I think the reason the whole sex scene has changed was because there wasn't much else back then. So when somebody batted their eyelashes at you, it was a big thing. But your mind, something to consume your mind and this and that, because there was no, nothing competing for your attention. But now, man, there's so many things grabbing attention. Man, that that's just. I think for most That's, kids, you know, I, I don't know if what you're. The, I, I I hear what you're saying. I'm feeling what you're putting down right there. The only problem is that is that better than like actual sex with a woman, or you know, yeah, or so a anyone. Like, like, but it's so easy to get into a comfort zone now. Yeah, like because you have all of the you have all this technology, you have all these things at your fingertips, whereas. You know, before you might, you could get bored and be like, this sucks. Like, I, I got to do something different. Now you got your games there. You got your big TV. You just, like, it's really easy to sort of just get comfortable and wake up one day and be like, I don't even know how to do that anymore. And I'm really not interested in it. That human connection. Yeah. Uh, but a lot you of these kids aren't even. They get so disconnected. I'll... They get so disconnected because it's so easy to be disconnected. A lot, of these, a lot of these kids are never learning a proper connection in the first place. A lot of these people are never learning a proper. That's why you have uh, adolescents uh, running at 28, the 30, proper. 32. You think it's proper? The, the lines of proper are, are changing. You can't even, the lines of everything are changing. And so I like to romanticize about some of the good things in the past. But at the end of the day, I'm ready for the shits, all of them. Quickly, you know what I'm saying? Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it cracking because that's that. And I say that just to say that everything is different. Uh, and I don't know that uh, anything was 
better in the past when you, when you look at the whole picture. And so it's just about these kids, uh, the kids and people are different. They have different options and, and, uh, you know, uh, life is completely different now than it was 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Everything oh, yeah. is different. So, right. so, so, like, so, like now you're allowed to LARP in public. Like, really? <laughs> what is the what live said, action role play? Oh, remember <laughs> <laughs> the kids who were into that were freaks, and now they're right. everywhere. Yeah. They're, out, they're out in the park every weekend. Well, yeah, I, I, I still have an issue with the lack of look everything that they're talking about on a political level it's like the old people are scared shit because their corporate lords are on them because we're not producing enough people one of the reasons why we're not producing enough people is because people aren't having enough sex you've got a whole generation of young men that are angry at women I'm protected I'm protected protected whatever you know what I'm saying not your hand you know what I'm saying? And then the next thing with that is that you've got a whole bunch of people that are that are angry because they can't find a spouse or a mate. They're not intermingling. But, and people are just so disconnected. And, you know, you guys just say that that's the way that things are and that's the change. But it's obvious that these changes aren't good for people. What's good, right? What's but, that, good? but that's that's just the that's the the evolution of society has. We've gotten to a point where everything has become about pleasure, right? Like it's, it's all it's always got to be pleasure. You know what I mean? So so it's hard to it's hard to to have a couple of fights with a with a not fist fights, but have a couple of arguments with your spouse or even even your bo- girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever you have, it's it's hard to have a couple arguments, like real arguments, and keep that relationship going, because now you you're not giving that pleasure that that person wants, because that's what they see on their feeds from from everything, all all the cute all the social cues that people get are just about pleasure, and if it, in, in a relationship, it's it's not always about pleasure. You're right. I saw this. There's this. There's a psychologist, or I think she's a psychologist, uh, online. But she's talking about the fact, like, yo, y'all are chasing a feeling. Like everything's about chasing that feeling. But you know, you 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 hit a rough spot. You're with somebody. You've been with them for a while now. You know, after a while, you know all their stories. They're not going to surprise you. At least they shouldn't surprise you. And you gotta then you know all of a sudden you meet somebody else. And like, oh, it's so great. We can talk a little. Well, you don't know them. Once upon a time, you didn't know this person. Like right. the same, you're going to come to that same end. Like at some point you have to, you have to work through the boredom or else you're going to stay on this loop. Like at some point you have to learn how to build something beyond that early energy and excitement. See, you guys and are like, I don't know where anybody's teaching that right now. You guys are like great. We're endorsing at, that. You guys are like great at this, co- you know, this topic in discussing like how people aren't connecting. But the bottom line with everything, how it, what it comes down to is that, no man can afford to pay for to date a modern woman today or any woman today because we're talking about an economy that has seen rent raise like something like 16 times the cost of rent. Um, all these different costs and expenses raise so much, and the only things that aren't going up are actual salaries. So even having the yeah, funds. So now, now folks got to team up. Now you got to you got to get a partner now. Like it's right. harder to get. You no, know, that's the, the reality. People, the world has evolved, and people got to partner up. Yeah, I'm not even listen. I'm not even. I'm not even arguing the economics of that concept. But the problem with that mm-hmm. is that when these people, the young people, are not learning that you have to couple up and start early. It's more like you're with this person, and this person doesn't have anything. And then that person is looking at you like, why should I be with you? Because you also don't have anything. So instead of getting together, which is what people used to do, team up, and they didn't have have much and build something from the ground up, that message is completely and totally like, that doesn't exist anymore. That's not not what social media is pushing these days. That's not what what a lot of our, our black street philosophers are pushing. 
And it's never, right. and, 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 and it, the thing is, it doesn't seem like it's ever going back in that direction. But that's the thing. You can't, you can't, you can't go back because you've already, you've already gone past it. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can revisit it on some level. Yeah, you're always going to have like, there's, there's schools right now that don't allow, uh, computer devices. So no phones, no, no, uh, computers or whatever. So yeah, you, you can always have like a little niche of people that do something like that, but like the Amish, right? But <laughs> but the, but the eighty fives, the eighty fives. Here we go. See, but they're yeah, always going to be right. The eighty fives are always going to be in the matrix. So whatever the matrix is spitting out, that's what the eighty fives are going to be doing. See, but here's the thing: both of you introduced that idea and that concept into the conversation as a must, as a real necessity in order to move forward economically in this current climate. And yeah, it can, it, but you know what? It doesn't have to be traditional. Like I was sitting here thinking, hell, I'm about ready. I'm about ready to team up with other couples. <laughs> I mean, you know, also, we can, you know, like, like, you know, like, like some foreigners that come over here to try to get the job done like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what the new situation is going to be, but no doubt about it. The new situation is here and, and, and coming, so to speak, you know, uh, uh, it could be we're traditional. It's like, yeah, we need to be coupling up. Everybody needs one person. Whoop de whoop this and that man. I don't know. It could be five or six people dedicated to some shit like that with these young folks. I mean, and, and that's still a workable solution. That's well, we, a, need, we, need to start, we need to start that getting that into the education system now. I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Like, you know, my daughter, the kids, you know, my daughter, like we all got kids sort of in that same range. Like, really, my daughter went out and got a, a, an apartment by herself. Really, she should have gone and gotten an apartment with three friends. Yes. So right. they could all bank money. Yeah, you know, right that's now. some dudes who come over. I got a dude next door. Um, he's Indian, off the subcontinent, not Native American. Um, he bought the place next door, fixed it up. About six months, eight months later, here comes his brother and and his brother's wife and their two kids. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. and they gonna you know. So there's you ex. You've been to my place. There's five people in a space this size, and you know they doing their thing, man. Yeah. Banking money, you know. I bet you. I yeah. bet you they'll have another family member over here before you know it, and they'll be buying two houses. Yeah, but here we go. So this, so this just kind of goes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago. So we don't have like that that group economics that that you're referring to. That's taught in that community, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you're Asian, so if you if you Chinese, Japanese, whatever, if you Indian. From from the subcontinent, as Rob said, that that group economics is taught in in that culture, uh-huh. but here we are, people in a country that have no culture to revert back to, uh-huh. right? So where do we where do we get that knowledge, or even or even begin to develop that understanding that hey, maybe we need to pull some shit together. You know, how do you, where do you find like-minded people in a in a group of people that don't have that piece of knowledge to to revert back to? You see what I'm saying? Secret uh, societies, yeah. the upper crust, under rocks, the one percent. There are people. There you are know? there are actually people that are doing it and have been doing it for generations. That's yes, what. Sir. That's what, and they've been born into these places, and these are things that, and this is what they try to convince you that there's no value in actually doing by having you mistrust your partners, mistrust your people. Africans don't trust FBAs. FBAs don't trust Africans. Um, Dominicans don't like Puerto Ricans. Mexicans can't get along with anybody. Just examples. The Chinese, the Japanese, Malaysians. Always apart. And always ruled by the same ruling people on the top of each level across each country and each region. It's not like it's just like only black people in this area or Chinese people in this area or Russian people in this area. It's it's all broken down. It's all broken down. So anyway, 
The thing is about the economics, my point about the economics, I want to wrap it up because I kind of went off into a tangent right there, but my point about the economics of love right now and the way it works against people is simply the fact that it's like all these elements, you do need to basically crowdsource in order to get things and work together now. In order to have properties, you can still make those things attainable and achievable by doing things that are not traditionally what we do, but there's a large segment of people, white people in this country, that don't want to do that. And they're facing the economic reality of lower wages that don't allow them to live the lifestyle that they normally were able to live, where they can have either one girlfriend or two girlfriends, or just basically not have to play uh, on the internet all day long. And they're mad. People are mad. They're not getting laid. Young people not getting laid is not a good thing. I I don't see how it could possibly be a good thing. I I was young and that was the case for me, hell. And and, uh, I think that's most people. Like I said, you might be the exception to the rule there, ex. I don't think there's like a, you know, a lot of young people. Well, in the South, I take that back. And, And down here... It's a little bit different. I think a lot of uh, people then, were. I think a lot of people were getting laid. It wasn't just me. Rob was always getting laid. He still gets laid today. Well, you. Well, you Did, too, don't you, Rob? Uh, are the exception. You know, uh, I'm talking about everybody's got to have a hobby. Everybody's got to have <laughs> a hobby. <laughs> I sure wasn't a goddamn exception. I wanted to be though. But when you cut up, when you cut away, it's not just. You see, the thing is. I, I didn't get to cover it enough because it's not just the men that are affected, it's the women that are affected too. Because, like you said, it's like there's there's like, you know, someone made a joke in Atlanta, there's three Nigerians that have had sex with everybody in Atlanta. They're the ones that are running through three Nigerian dudes, young dudes are running through the whole population. You know, down there, the young population. X, these dumbass young people, I don't want them doing that. It's going to cost us. <laughs> it's going to cost us. I'm well, you, you don't have anything. That, you don't have anything. To, I have no faith in them. You have nothing to worry about it along those lines. But what I'm what I'm saying is, though, it's like there. It doesn't. Even the women don't have options. If the if the women's only options are those three dudes, It's not good. They need to lower their goddamn. They got options. They need to lower their goddamn standards. We all need but to then, lower but dudes our standards. Gotta also, step up a little bit too. But dudes got to step up a little bit too. Like I, I see some of these young, these knuckleheads in my office, and I'm just like, my goodness, one day you're gonna wake up and wonder why. Like I, just, I literally, I look at, I look at the scene and think, if I was that dude, like you just slay. Like you walk, you can walk into a group of 25 to 30 year olds and just slay because their peers, the males who are in their peer group, they're just knuckleheads. They're still doing, they're still doing childish things. Mm-hmm. And social media sort of encourages that. Like, you know, you, you, you make funny video and you see a funny video. You and your boys want to make a funny video on Saturday. Saturdays are for the boys. All that shit. The culture's pushing dudes to stay immature. Why? Because immature dudes blow their money. Right. Immature dudes handed over yeah. into the most profitable possible fashion in the most profitable possible and they don't, way. And they don't they don't build families. That that was the yeah. other thing that Kevin Samuels never got credit for. That at the end of his message, it was all for the purpose of building families because that was the fastest way to this, that, and the other. You know, all the things we talked about. It's through the structure of the family, not outside of it, uh, the wild wild west. But no, there's just too many. There's layers of problems as to why. Black yeah, women, I mean, the, the, young the, black the, women the are economics, in the condition they're in, right. and, and the no coupling, and this and that. There's layers of issues. It, it, there's nothing. I mean, it, it's almost. I'm telling you, it's almost appropriate though. We've been so perverted. The society has been so perverted. Then what do you think the offshoots are going to be? Righteousness? No, it's going to yeah, be. A, right. uh, it's going to be a right, right. further perversion. Exactly, further perversion. So it, that's that's another reason why the cynical side of me just says, "Look, bring it on, shit." I'm not, I'm I'm through thinking something could change and this and that and everything else. 
Uh, now the only question is, will I be alive to see some significant shit? Like, you know, <laughs> like, like a real change somehow, whether it be friendly or violent. Well, I think Whatever. we're, I think we're going to definitely, we're definitely getting change. And guess what? The hour is up. So let me give a shout out to Mr. Mean Gene Hopkins. Oh, how do young people do when they crash you? I mean, whoever, th- whoever do something to me, I do it right back to him. <laughs> I know what's going on. I'm looking for the hardcore. <laughs> looking for the hardcore. And, uh, nothing more hardcore than the good looks of Mr. Brooks. Robert Brooks. Yeah. Yo, yo. They, they gave me no cups of coffee or nothing, but, you know, you get laid every once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah, I'm starting, starting to get old, you know. I'll take the free food. Sometimes you're like, ah, maybe I'll take the food, baby. Right. <laughs> Which this is right. like a free meal instead. <laughs> so we know you've got more on your plate now. <laughs> more on your plate than wings from the City Wing King. Grant Lancaster. Yeah, we have to show him how to do some Satan wings at some point in the future. Grant Lancaster, owner of City Wings. That's right. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Come down and get you some. Wings, that is. It's the Grant Lancaster. Of, let, me, let me say this. We just had our 13th anniversary on the 22nd. So, uh, oh, that's, that that's what's up. That's yes. what's up for sure. Yeah. Right. 13 years. 13 years. Right. And they said you, and they, and they said most of them don't last uh, through the uh, second year. Don't, right? don't last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're still here. That's what's up. Yeah. City Wings. I'm going to end the recording.